we wanted to get out of my mom's house. It was supposed to be only three months. Um, and at this point I'd been, it's been like seven months. So we're like, okay, we've all been there. I've stayed at home for two years and every day I was like, I'm getting out of here. And I just didn't, I just didn't pull the trigger. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So we were like, we don't want to like move somewhere. Hey, 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 welcome back to Just Doing Life with your favorite host, Megan. What is up, people? It is a Tuesday that I'm releasing this because your girl is slacking. Didn't post on Monday, but that's fine. Anyways, I hope you're having a fantastic day. You're probably not even listening to us on Tuesday, so it doesn't even matter. Um, let's see. What is going on, people? I don't know. Not much here. I have a great episode for you right around the corner here in about three and a half minutes, I talk with a young gal, Michelle, who tells us all about her experiences um, trying to find a job in criminal justice, which is cool because I haven't had somebody with that career path come up yet. Um, I think it's great because she's pretty fresh out of college, so she's sharing a lot of those feelings that a lot of of us are having. Um, So yeah, that's right around the corner. Um, Before I jump into that, two thoughts here. Um, I'm going to start off with one thought that I've been having, and this is not me with an answer. I don't have an answer for you, but I've realized a lot of people are probably feeling this, so I'm just saying this so that you don't feel alone. I had a really long talk today, or not today, this weekend, with one of my girlfriends who came into town, and we were just talking about how post-college, it is so damn hard trying to find people with out when I when I say find people I mean like find friends meet new people without being drunk <laughs> like I hate to say it I'm not an alcoholic I do enjoy a beverage I love a little cocktail but I hate that in the post-college life if you ever want to meet up with people it's always surrounding alcohol and I don't know how to I somebody tell me things that you do that aren't like church related because I honestly think that's the only other way that people are Okay, I'm sure there's other ways. That's why I want you guys to tell me. But I don't know any other ways that people are meeting people in a social setting and, like, consistently finding new friendly faces without, like, a Bible study or something. It's either Bible study or let's get wasted. And I think those are polar opposites on the spectrum of, I don't know, good, like, polar opposites on the spectrum of morality I don't even know what the you know what I'm saying like it's just two very different lifestyles and I want something in the middle okay I want somebody to tell me how do I meet people without joining random kickball leagues uh, where people are a little bit kind of weird a little antisocial um I don't know like I I'm just having such a hard time finding normal people post-college and I know a lot of people are like this so honestly if there's anyone in the Chicago area who wants to go I almost said go grab a drink and that's what I'm getting away from if there's anyone who wants to like come hang out in my my room like in a fun way or go for no I don't want to go for a walk I always go for walks I don't know tell me what to do anyways I just want wanted to say that because I feel like a lot of people feel that and not enough talk, of us talk about it and I like to think that I'm like somewhat I know I'm like kind of a goober but like I like to think I'm somewhat normal but everybody I've met in a non-alcohol drinking way has been not the most normal. So anyways, that's my first thought. Second thought, same friend. I have to share the story. I'm not revealing her name. I know she listens to this every week, so love you, girl. But um, this was so funny. In one of our settings where we were consuming alcohol, we went to this party and it was a house party. And one of the guys that owned the apartment had like an attachable bidet in the toilet okay 
this girl <laughs> runs out of the apartment, basically shouting to everybody like, I just got water shoved up my butthole. <laughs> okay. Then she proceeds to tell everybody that they have to go use it and like is shoving other party goers into this bathroom to check out this bidet. And then when she's telling one of the guys that they, he has to go experience this, she also reveals <laughs> that she used the hand towel in the bathroom to wipe up her tush. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, come on. It was the funniest thing. Like, I had a full view of this guy's face when she, he was told that the hand towel that everybody's been using to dry their hands was also patted against my my gal's bum. Oh my god. When I, He looked like he saw a deer in headlights. He was just jaw to the floor. Like, what? So, that's just a funny story for your Tuesday morning. Um, if anyone ever tries to use a bidet... Maybe you should reach out and I'll connect you with this gal to compare experiences. Um, definitely bring some extra paper towels because apparently it makes a mess in the bathroom. With that being said, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I do not have any commentary at the end, so you're just going to have to take it for what it is. I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your day and enjoy this lovely episode with Michelle. All right. Hey, everyone. I am Michelle. Um, I'm originally from Pasadena, California. But I kind of moved around a little in my childhood, went from Pasadena to Milton, Georgia, um, and then back to California to San Clemente. I graduated from San Clemente High School in 2017 and went to the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I graduated in 2020 in the midst of COVID. um, So I've been kind of living my adult life for the past two years. Um, Hobbies, I'd say I like to work out, um, just kind of doing different fitness challenges like running or weightlifting or whatever that may be. Um, I like to go to the beach. I don't know if that really counts as a hobby. Absolutely. I think I like to go to the beach. No, it's um, okay. I literally say walking is my hobby. So going to the beach sounds a little yeah. bit better. <laughs> walking at the beach. Yeah. Do you um, surf or anything? No, I'm so bad at surfing. Every okay. time I've tried, I just, I like stand up and fall immediately. Uh, I like boogie boarding though. Okay, Big yeah. boogie border. Um, I've recently gotten into crocheting. Um, so that's been kind of fun, except I feel like I'm getting like premature arthritis from doing it. <laughs> like, Wait, what's up? So what's like the biggest thing you've crocheted? I did a dress, like a beach cover-up oh, thing. Cool. That was like the okay. first thing I ever made. Um, so it's a little wonky, but like it's wearable. A little lopsided. So. Just call it like a one-shoulder yeah. type piece. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's literally like a halter type. And then it's like just a circle going all the way down. It like doesn't have any shape or anything. Wait, that's but, impressive though. Did you freehand it or did you like have to, like, how does, how do you even go about that? Do you like measure out like different strips and then knit them all together? Or? Yeah. I didn't have a measuring tape. So I just kind of would like do a row and then hold it up to my body and then do that every few rows. And okay. then it all worked out in the end. I just watched like a YouTube video real quick and I was like, yeah, uh, I think I could do this. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Cool. Well, okay. A fun fact. Um, in, I want to say 2013 or 2014, the X factor like finale was when, um, uh, fifth harmony was like doing their they were like on the x factor mm-hmm. um so one direction was performing at the finale and they danced on like this prop that was a giant set of lips um and those lips were modeled after mine what 
No way. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Backstory. We need more information here. <laughs> That's a fantastic so, fun fact. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so my uncle um, owns this company that does stage production. Um, so he's done like, he did Beyonce at Coachella. Um, he's done Katy Perry, just like everyone. Um, so at Christmas, he like comes up to me. He's like, I need to take a picture of your mouth. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then he told me what it was for. And then, yeah. So I mean, like, wait, you that's Google wild. Picture. That's actually yeah. also so funny. I wouldn't have thought that they would like actually model off of real lips. Like I would think that that's just something that they would just like, I don't know, lips or lips, you know, yeah. <laughs> but that's impressive. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's like my favorite fun fact that I like telling people, except I haven't really told that in like and at work, like when they asked for fun facts, because I, I feel like everyone's so much older than me, they'd be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, but that's like such a great, one of those like the awkward college icebreakers when you start every class and they're like, yeah, give us like a cool fun fact. That's, that's a great, you got like a built-in fun fact for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very cool. Okay. Well, let's <laughs> uh, jump into your career story. So I like to bring it back to high school, what you were kind of thinking about when you were in high school and graduating and then going on to college. And I know you said you went off to school, so we can talk about that um, and then kind of where it's landed you today. And I think sometimes I, I miss the, um, like what the actual job entails. And I like to get into that too. So if we could walk through like your mentality, how you got the jobs and then, um, like what you were actually doing in those roles and then how that progressed, that would be great. So, um, with that, go ahead and take it away with high school. What, what was young Michelle thinking, um, as you were going through high school and picking out a school to go to college? So I've kind of always known that I wanted to be involved in like criminal justice, like law world. Um, honestly, like taking it back to middle school, I watched my first episode of Criminal Minds and I was like, <laughs> I want to be Emily Prentice. And then since then, it was all just like, what can I do to like become an FBI agent? So like in high school, um, I kind of took classes along those lines. Like we had a... Um, forensics class that was like a semester long extracurricular so I took that um did psychology um and then like law school was kind of like oh I could do that I can go to the FBI like there's a lot you could do with criminal justice Mm -hmm. so when I graduated high school um I knew I wanted to go to school in the south just because I lived in Georgia for a little bit and I was like I want to get out of California, at least while I'm in college, like I'll never really have another time to do that. So I applied to a bunch of schools in the South, visited all of them, knew I was going to major in criminal justice. So on my tours, I made sure to meet up with like the head of the criminal justice department, um, kind of see what they were all about. And that's how I ended up at Alabama. I feel like they had the best program um, come here. And then Alabama also gave me a huge scholarship. So I was like, all right, Mm -hmm. let's go there. Um, so then in college, I started taking, um, I took my first criminal justice class, my first year, um, it was like intro to criminal justice. And I think that was the only CJ class I took that year, but yeah, then throughout college, I just took a bunch of different like politic type classes, um, like constitutional law, criminal law, um, just a bunch of classes like that. And then my senior year, so I graduated in three years. So my third year, second semester, um, which was spring of 2020, I only had 
15 credit units to graduate my entire last semester. I just did internships. I didn't take any classes in person. So I interned with the United States Marshal Service in Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. Um, so I did that Tuesday and Thursday, um, nine to five. And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I interned with the Tuscaloosa Children's Center, um, which is a nonprofit organization that aids law enforcement investigating um, crimes against children. So I'll talk a little bit about the U.S. Marshals one first. Um, And and can you also tell me how you landed those two internships as well? Yeah, so I met with the internship director, um, who was also the professor for my intro to CJ and a couple other classes I had taken. So I had um, gotten to know him like throughout my time there. And then for the Tuscaloosa Children's Center, the director of that was also one of my professors that I had the semester before. Yeah, so you kind um, of have that, that networking um, like connection yeah. through them. Okay. Exactly. So yeah, then going into the internships, I started in January of 2020. Um, for the U.S. Marshals, um, like, obviously, we're not, like, deputized marshals, so we, like, couldn't go down, like, chasing fugitives or anything like that, um, but one of the main roles of a U.S. Marshal is to, like, escort the, um, I guess, prisoners or, I, I don't know what to call them, because, like, they haven't been convicted yet. They're, like, awaiting trial, um, and they're being, like, held in the court, so they escort them from, like, their cell to the courtroom um so we got to like sit in on a lot of different like trials um and then I think the coolest thing that happened there is like one of the days we were just doing paperwork and one a a fugitive actually came in and surrendered um so it was like a 22 year old kid he was wanted for trafficking firearms um he like came into the office I think he was with his grandma or something and he just like had his hands up and he was like, I'm surrendering. So that's why we got to watch them, like pat him down, put him in cuffs and take him to the back. And we're like, that guy's like the same age as us. Uh-huh. Like, it was just so weird to see, but it was really cool to experience. Um, cool. It was a very fun internship, but it kind of made me realize that like, I wasn't as interested in like the law enforcement side of criminal justice. I was more interested in like the legal side. Okay. Um, so very, very valuable. If anyone out there is in criminal justice, definitely do internships. Yeah. I was just about to ask if like at any point during that semester of you doing these internships, if you had second guessed what your choices were going to be like as far as career wise goes. Um, but like you said before, I guess there's so many different avenues you could take. So it's just kind of like crossing off which one doesn't meet your expectations or desires. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, it's a good experience, but it helps you realize what you don't want to do. Just Mm -hmm. It's going to lead you the path to what eventually you want to do. Um, And then moving over to the internship with the Tuscaloosa Children's Center. So it was kind of like the same thing with the U.S. Marshals. It was more so um, like shadowing because we would do, um, well, not we, but the people who were trained and certified would um, conduct forensic interviews like with the victims. So a lot of times it was, I think the youngest kid I witnessed an interview with was like three. Um, so a lot of these kids, they were um, abused by either like a guardian or just some other adult. Um, so the point of the forensic interview was to like help them open up so we can kind of like mm-hmm. get their statement 
and give it to the police department that's investigating the case. Um, and then what else? Um, we'd also like sit in meetings with their um, guardians or parents or whoever came with them, um, just to kind of ask them like what happened and like if there's any information like the kid might have told them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really, really sad, honestly. I was going to say, oh my gosh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. And like Tuscaloosa is just such a small town and we had cases like almost every day of my internship. And it's like, if that's going to happen in such a small town, like it kind of oh makes God. me think like what's happening in like worldwide. Chicago or uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Did you notice, um, a certain type of person that was in those types of roles? Like I'd imagine you'd have to be able to put it, like have a very strong emotional, like, or grasp on your emotions in order to be in a position like that. Did you notice that in, in any of the people that you were working with that were doing that on the day to day? Or, um, just curious for like, if a listener was perhaps interested in this type of career field. Yeah. Um, so everyone that worked there, like in the office was a woman and they were all mothers. Um, Oh God, and that's I feel be like heartbreaking <laughs> as a yeah. mother. I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Like my professor specifically, like I had met her son, um, like he would come into class sometimes um, and he was like three or four years old. And so I think that kind of helped them um, kind of with the work they're doing, like inspire the passion because they're like, someone could do this to my kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to help like protect these other kids that like yeah things are happening to um and yeah I don't know I don't want to say like you kind of become numb to it because every case is so different and like so heartbreaking um but it's just kind of one of those things where you have to like focus on the work that you're getting done instead of like getting mad or upset about it like you have to I don't know, just kind of... No, absolutely. You got to take it yeah. with a grain of salt because if you don't, then you're not going to be able to actually help anybody. So I, I don't... Exactly. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I guess I'm just curious if there's like a, a type, like a someone who would be good in that position, but um, sounds like caretakers and people who just like have a big heart mm-hmm. would be the best for that type of position. Of course, you have to be like really tough to do it too. Yeah, absolutely. So I take it you decided again, this wasn't necessarily the career path you wanted to yeah. follow. <laughs> yeah, it was not the career path I wanted to follow. Um, but so both of these internships started in 2020. So, you know, COVID. March 2020 rolls around, COVID happens. Um, I remember my boyfriend and I were in the school gym and we just got an email. It was like spring break is extended like an extra week. And everyone in the gym was like cheering. Cause like we all got the email at the same time. And then I got an email from both my internships. They're basically just like, don't come back. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so I guess I'm just like done with college now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I guess I finished college in like March of 2020 and I was like, well, I guess I need to get a job. Yeah. (laughs) That is so weird because it's not like you had classes that were like, we have finals and like, you have like a set expectation. It's literally like your whole world got, I mean, everyone's world got flipped upside down at that point, but even more so for you, because you didn't have any definitive, like, (laughs) this is the end. Like, that's crazy. Exactly. Like my boyfriend, he, um, he was just like, okay, like, and now I'm just going to do my classes online. And I was like, I literally don't have anything to do. Oh my gosh. Okay. 
so that was like really stressful and I was like I guess I need to find a job but like technically I didn't have my degree yet because like the semester ended like May 2nd or something Mm -hmm. and so like mid-March I'm like I'm like technically still a student but also like not really Mm -hmm. so I did not know what I wanted to do um so when you I say that, though, you still knew you wanted to be in, like, criminal justice, something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But just not exactly what to do. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so I had just applied for, like, every job I could that was, like, in the federal law enforcement world. So, like, there's this website called USA Jobs, and it's where you apply to all, like, if you're going to do Secret Service, um, U.S. Marshal, FBI or I think FBI might have their own website. Um, but pretty much every like federal job you apply mm-hmm. on USA jobs. So I just like went on there, put a bunch of filters that like applied to me and just applied to every single one. Okay. And, and these are all things that you only needed like an undergrad degree for. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was mostly like undergrad, like fresh graduate, um, mm-hmm. like no experience. And I didn't want to do any of these jobs, but I was like, I need to get a job. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to apply, see what happens. Um, I only got invited to interview for the secret service. And I was like, I don't want to be a secret service agent. Like I don't, I'm not going to go apply. I don't want to be a secret service agent. Um, so it was like very, very, very stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure a lot of like new grads are going through the same thing right now. Just like what do I do? Um, so I think it was like May at this point, I still hadn't gotten a job. Um, and I was like, you know what, like, I'm just going to be a private investigator. So I went on LinkedIn and I searched, um, like private investigators in Alabama and I found two that had like their own private investigation company. And I emailed them and I was like, what do I do to become a private investigator? Um, and so, so at this point you weren't applying, you were just asking, like looking around for mm-hmm. what to do. Okay. Yeah. So one of them told me like what I need to do. And then the other one that I talked to was like, you can come and like shadow with me and like, I'll pay you for like doing ride alongs with me. And I was like, sure. Okay. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, so you have to be licensed in Alabama to be a private investigator. But since I was just like doing a ride along with him, like I didn't have my license or anything yet. So I kind of like did ride alongs with him. Um, We went to, I think we served like three papers. Um, I didn't know what they were like. They could have been like divorce papers or like lawsuits or whatever. Um, But we like rode around trying to like find the people to serve them. Um, and then I, I found this agency. It was like a private investigators agency um, that investigates fraud, insurance fraud. Okay. So I emailed them because they were hiring for Birmingham, Alabama. And I just like sent in my resume. And then I hopped on like a 45 minute phone call with someone um, and they hired me on the spot. And that should have been my first red flag. Oh no. I hear everyone, <laughs> everyone says if you get offered the job on the spot, there's gonna be something wrong with the company. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like this doesn't really apply to like like minimum wage style like restaurant jobs, mm-hmm. but 
if you're applying for a company and they hire you on the spot after the interview, I feel like that should be such a red flag. And I wish someone had told me that when I was interviewing with this company. Okay. So everybody so, listening um, right now, <laughs> perk yes, up for this if part. If you because... <laughs> get offered the job on the spot, don't take it. Take like a day or two, research the company, go on Glassdoor, do whatever, because I did not. And it was a horrible experience. Oh no. How so? <laughs> So, okay. So this company, they paid for me to like get my license and everything. Um, but we were investigating insurance fraud. So it wasn't like I was going to find a cheating husband or something like that. Like you see in (laughs) the juicy stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like that one Miley Cyrus movie where she's like a private investigator with her dad. Uh Um, I don't remember what the movie's called, but it was not like that at all. Um, so went through training and basically the job entails sitting in your car for 12 hours a day staring at a house and it was just awful and like wait they, why, why were you so for insurance fraud was it like somebody like trying to make money off of like their home insurance or something like that it would it would be like if someone like slipped and fell at work and now they're on disability, they wanted me to like make sure that person like is actually injured. And so you could catch them like fake wrapping up their like hop or like hopping on one foot the second they get out of the car, but then you see them leave again and it's like like, running around the yard. I see. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, um, that's like basically what my job was to make sure they're actually injured. And, um, God, I'm like getting like a flashback to like that episode of The Office when Dwight is watching. Have you seen The Office? Yeah. Okay, so you know that episode where Dwight's like camped out of Oscar's house, like waiting to see if he's actually sick or not. Yes. Like, that's what I'm envisioning. Like, yeah, you're there at the day, at, like seven in the morning. You're there till ten o'clock at night. Yes, that's <laughs> brutal. Exactly <Okay>. it. <laughs> Except, oh my gosh, like it was just so. Bad. So like I would get my schedule sometimes literally less than 12 hours before I had to be at a place. They would send my schedule at like 11 PM at night. And then they'd be like, you have to be two hours away tomorrow at 6 AM. Oh, so I'd be like, okay. So if I had any plans tomorrow, like canceled, uh-huh. um, they, they would like try not to do that, but like it happened pretty much every week. Um, and I was working like 60 hours a week. I was probably only home like two nights a week. Um, like wow. I had to go over into um, Mississippi for like a week one time. Um, Cause Mississippi, you don't need a license. So like they would have me go into Mississippi and do investigations there. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just a lot. And then like, Cause we were expected to sit in our car for eight to 12 hours. However long you can't leave to go to the bathroom. So you have to like pee in your car, like in a cup. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Wait, this and is crazy. You have to make it look like your car is just like parked and no one's in there. So like I had like window shades that I'd okay. put on the front and then my back windows were tinted. And then my side windows, I would just put like a shirt or something up. So like people couldn't see in. But our cars that had looks to be so off. sketch. That's like almost worse than you just like sitting there with like a normal car. <laughs> I know. Wow. And our cars had to be off. So it's like I'm sitting in my black car in the middle of the summer in Alabama. 
Like it was so miserable. And I remember one time, like someone came and like knocked on my window. It was like one of the neighbors and he was like, Oh, what are you doing here? And I was like, uh, um, I'm just, I'm just a private investigator. There's like a divorce, like a few houses down. Um, I'm just like trying to get information. Um, Cause we had to like lie. Like we couldn't say what we were actually doing. So I always yeah. went with like, there's a divorce case. Like I'm just trying to like watch. Oh God. And then you're stirring up drama within the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I would just kind of like, if people were driving, I'd have to follow them. And like, people aren't good drivers. So like sometimes they'd be speeding. It was just a lot. So I sent in my two weeks and I didn't have a job lined up after it. So I was just kind of like, like, but then I apply, I like got back on LinkedIn. I narrowed down my searches. I did like fresh graduate. Um, I think I did like remote, um, just like narrowed it down very slim. And I found a job at shift, which is a grocery delivery service and their headquarters are in Birmingham, Alabama. So I was like, Oh, this is perfect. Like I can like go into the office, um, whatever, but they were remote. So I was like, okay, I'll just work from home. Like, Mm -hmm. that's fine. Um, so I applied there. I think I had applied for them like months earlier, but got rejected. But upon looking at my resume a second time, I was like, that's probably why I got rejected. My resume is so ugly. So (laughs) I like revamped my resume. Like my boyfriend helped me out, um, with writing my resume. I had my mom look over it. Um, and then I sent in my resume again and interviewed, got hired and I started like a week and a half after I quit my other job. That's such a quick turnaround. Oh my God. That's amazing. I know. I was, was this an entirely different type of, uh, position then? Yeah, it was customer service. Okay. Um, So so no more criminal justice. Yeah. I was just like, I need a job. And like, it seemed like a good company. I was Mm -hmm. like, if anything, like I can work my way up. Um, but for now, like, this is what I'm going to do. So I started that job like August 10th, I think was my first day. Okay. And like right off the bat, I was like, I love this job. Like everyone that was on in my hiring group, um, for the most part was like in my same position, like a recent college grad, um, like young fun. Like I still talk to a lot of my coworkers, even though I don't work there anymore. Uh Um, and so I knew I was, I wasn't going to be there very long because I was planning to move back to California in May of 2021. Um, so I worked for global access litigation services, um, which is a court reporting agency based in Irvine, um, Irvine, California. And when I worked here, I worked, I was kind of like the right-hand man for, um, the president of the company. And I, in this position. So it was kind of like getting back into the legal field after being out of it while I was working my customer service position. Um, so I would work really closely with like lawyers or legal assistants, um, or paralegals, um, just kind of scheduling depositions. Cause what we did is we would coordinate with both sides of, um, counsel. So like defense and prosecutor, whoever was representing them, um, and we would schedule these meetings for them to take the Zoom depositions because pretty much everything was still over Zoom. Yeah, I kind of did a little bit of everything, a little secretary work, a little kind of 
paralegal-ish type work. Oh, so it was like more back into that criminal sort of side. Yeah. Versus your other like customer service type. Did you Mm -hmm. enjoy this more? Um, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it more. It was just different. Okay. Um, I think I liked it better just because I was able to kind of do what I'm interested in, Mm -hmm. um, like being around the legal world. Yeah. And it kind of made me realize like, wait, I want to go to law school. Okay. So yeah. So that kind of helped me like with my next step. Um, I signed up to take the LSAT. Um, and then I studied, I used Khan Academy. If anyone out there is going to take the LSAT, use Khan Academy and LSAT Demon. They're free and they're good resources. So those are the two that I used. Um, And then I studied, I think, for like four months. So like October to middle of January. And still Um, working at this this company? I only worked part-time. So I did part-time there. And then I did shift shopping. So like grocery delivery. um, Mm -hmm. And literally studying for the LSAT was like a full-time job. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah it was horrible. Like it was such like a beast, the LSAT. Um, I took the LSAT January 14th and I cried for probably like an hour after I took it. It was horrible. And I thought I had failed it. So that's like why I was so upset. Yeah. Um, does anyone ever come out of those big standardized tests feeling good though? Let's be real. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. (laughs) They're horrible. Um, but so I took it January 14th. And at that point I had just started my new job at Instacart. Um, I started January 10th at Instacart. And what were you doing there? Um, so at Instacart, I am a fraud specialist. Okay. Um, Means so you've so. like really had quite a diverse number of roles <laughs> in like kind of like yeah. what, two, two, three years. That's crazy. Yeah. I okay. had a lot. And I feel like that has to do a lot with like well, the private investigator one, that was just kind of like, I felt like I needed a job and I got the first one I could take. Um, but I feel like just because of all the like change in my life, um, from moving and like not knowing where I was going to end up, that kind of contributed to like me taking all these different roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, like I loved my job with shift. I love my job at uh, global access litigation and I love my job with Instacart. Um, I'm actually about to leave this position. Um, I'll get into that in a little bit, but, um, so yeah, since January, I have been a fraud specialist at Instacart. Okay. Um, I kind of feel like a trader because I started at shipped and like, they're kind of like rival grocery delivery service companies, (laughs) but, um, yeah, so I really like my position. Uh, it has to do with like, it's like, kind of like going back to investigations because I have to like investigate the fraud that's happening. Yeah. Um, and kind of just like act on it, use my own discretion. Uh, that was kind of like the biggest challenge first coming into the job was kind of just like having to trust my gut and like, like not asking like, oh, is this okay if I do this? Like, mm-hmm. like I feel every time I start like a new position or start something new, I feel like I need to get someone else's permission to like do something or do a part of my job. But eventually it just got to the point where it's like, you have to trust your own intuition and most of the time if you're wrong like it can be fixed easily um it's not that big of a deal but Mm -hmm. 
so yeah, I am a fraud specialist. So I've been working this job for like seven months now and it has been so good. Like I feel like really valued. Like, I don't know. I, one of the things I was scared about, like when graduating was like, am I going to be able to work like 40 hours full time? Mm-hmm. And just having the, these great experiences with these different companies, you know, I mean, besides the private investigator one, um, has just kind of assured me, like, I can do it. Like working 40 hours, isn't that bad, especially when you're at a company that really values you really sees like your potential, Absolutely. Um, especially like with how young I am, like I'm the youngest on my team. Um, but seeing how they don't treat me like I'm like a kid, they yeah. treat me just like, like I'm a peer and that like the work that I do matters and is important. And, um, and like, I feel like I reciprocate to that with them. Um, I don't know. I just, I just have really enjoyed my position. That's um, awesome. but like I said, I am leaving in two weeks because I'm actually going to university of San Diego school of law. That's and so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. I am so That's excited. amazing. Yeah. Um, it's all coming remember- full circle now. <laughs> exactly. I was, I was actually I- going to ask you at the end of this, I was like, that's so sad. Cause it sounds like she was so passionate about like criminal justice and, and law and all of that. And when you like took that side step away, I was like, oh no, <laughs> like come back, come <laughs> back. So that's so exciting that you're like, what you were passionate about before is now actually like coming to, to light. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I remember when I was like fourth grade, I was with my friends and it was like me and my two best friends. You're we like, what are we going to be when we're older? And I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. Cause I like to argue with people. <laughs> and then now it's like, now I'm totally obviously I hate arguing. I hate uh-huh. like, I'm going to be a transactional lawyer. I'll just say that I'm okay. not going to be a litigator. I'm not going to be arguing in court. I'm going to be working the contracts, Yeah, but I am going to be a lawyer. I am going to go to law school and I am like over the moon about it. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. And another thing is like, if you're just coming out of college as like a 22, 21, 23 year old, like you have so much time ahead of you. Like you don't have to have everything figured out right now. I have so many friends that are either like in their six figure careers or people who are like working at a restaurant until they find their job. Some people who are still in school or like me going back to school, like everything works out in the end. Like don't stress over what you don't have. Just be like thankful for what you do have right now and try to live in the moment and not like not try not to worry too much about like mm-hmm. what's next. I love that. And I need to take that into consideration because <laughs> you're speaking to me right now. That is always on my mind is okay. What's next to come? Like, I'm mm-hmm. so excited about excited is not even excited, anxious about <laughs> what, what is in my future that I forget that like still enjoy the present, you know, there's still good things going yeah. on now and you can never get this mm-hmm. time back. So I love that. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. I really appreciate you taking the time um, yeah, absolutely. To, to speak with me and, and share all of that great, great story. Yeah. Awesome. I'm excited to hear this. Not excited yeah. to hear my voice on recording though. That's, That's what not... everyone says, but honestly, like <laughs> after the first three minutes of it, you just kind of tune it out. Like <laughs> I have to listen yeah. to myself every week. So uh, I yeah. <laughs> you, you just get used to it. <laughs> Alrighty. I will talk to you later. All right. Bye, bye Michelle.